So, uh, comics trickery. <laughs> uh, clearly, your ninja belt has many, many a trick on it. And I, I just was was reacting to um, some panels I saw on a recent Boulder and Fleet that had um, was was it uh, is oh, what is the bully's name? Is it Buck? Oh, Beck? It's Burke. Burke. Because he's he's a, he's a he's a jerk. It's Burke the jerk. <laughs> Uh, and, and because chickens go buck, 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 so I was like, burk, 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 get it? Oh, oh I'm so 100%. clever. Uh, <laughs> you're, you, there's so many layers, Jersey. <laughs> well, one can make up layers. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's true. You can, you can pile up layers that create this opaque, what am I looking at? Or you can pile up layers that are subtly reinforcing patterns in the prior layers and then um, individually contribute value and then collectively contribute even more value. And that's where um, I, whatever, I, I love to high five you on podcasts. So um, (laughs) that's why I said, let's start recording. So I want to just cap (laughs) this, the panel, uh, the, the, the paneling that you have with Burke and then, uh, and fleet playing um, five stone, right? Oh yeah, yeah, this would be page fourteen of Boulder and Fleet's uh, friendly game, which is at the, the time of this recording only available to Patreon supporters. But I am going to serialize it on the web in the months to come. Mm. And there are teasers in the, in your Instagram as well, right? But it's not right, the yeah. whole page. No, I've only been sharing pieces. <clears throat> so, and but yeah, we, I did the thing where I have sort of a big panel, and then an action's happening in it, and then I do these inset triangles that point to the characters as they react to what just happened in that panel, right? So, like, they both throw their... They're playing this game called Five Stone where they're throwing stones into a pentagram. Pentagram? Pentagon? Isn't satanic, folks. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they're, they're, it's on a Rush album, right? <laughs> Tom Sawyer, he's a mean guy. Uh, but <clears throat> they, they threw their stones into the, the pentagon and... Burke's throw is poor, and he's like reacting like, "Hey, no fair do over." And then Fleet's reacting like, "Oh, suck it up! Come on, be you're the big tough guy." Uh, mm-hmm. So Whoa. yeah, I'm a big fan of that technique of playing with simultaneity, and and I don't even think about it anymore. I mean, when I first started doing it, like the the front right, or even going back to my work at Antarctic Press in the late '90s, early aughts, mm-hmm. I I played with that technique intentionally. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a mini series I did as a series of. It was actually like inserted in the middle of the Ninja High School series. So like, hmm. I don't know why, but it would be like you're in the middle of the Ninja High School story, and then there's like this insert piece. It was a short six-page story about a character named Hitomi. I think Tom and I did like a six-part series with that. Um, but I remember that was where I first started playing with it um, because I noticed it in shows like Robotech and Transformers: Robots in Disguise, which was a 2001 anime that got poured it over and i loved it i love that technique of like this cool little dynamic triangle sort of creating an extra sense of tension while also giving you an extra layer of information on the page or on the screen as it were right mm-hmm. well <clears throat> yeah and there's a great reinforcing signal that like somehow is very intense because you have it it's a triangle and then it points back and it's not just like, oh, it's a triangle pointing to some general area or zone. It's the triangle where it's bursting out of the character from their prior yeah. moment. 
And, I could have easily oh, have done that as two squares underneath them, but that totally. would have felt way more calm and subdued and, you know, sort of at like normal volume. Mm-hmm. You make that a triangle pointing at the character and suddenly <clears> it feels yeah, like it's like it's like emanating from them, right? It's like a bugle. Mm. So, dude, that is it's amazing work. And uh, Thanks. yeah, it, it was it was really cool. It was one of those those things where um, it's something that I practice less frequently than you. But like we 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 do um, work together in this space of, yeah. you know, uh, analyzing comics and and uh, you know, the practices behind them and the, the, the visual storytelling and all that. So it's, it's one of those things where when I saw it, I thought like it is such a strong representation of a concept that has this, this um, naturalness to it where it's, it's not like being imposed. Right. Right. Where it's like, I, I do this all the time where it's like, I learn a new thing. I'm going to throw the thing in here because I learned that I learned it. Why don't, it's going to go to waste. I just learned this, right? I've got to use this. I have to demonstrate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I want to use it because it's a new power. You got a new power. You want to, you want to play with it. You, not just to show off, but also just to enjoy the power. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally get that. Uh, and yeah, looking back, I mean, cause, uh, oh gosh, it was, uh, the comic I did for the Captain Seriously book, which we talked about in the episode of the show we did with Jesse Kaufman. Uh, when I was working on that book, I was pursuing a different style to appeal to eighth graders. And I sort of was surprised to discover that that style was in very, very much uh, based on and similar to a style I was trying in the early 90s when I was first starting out which made me dig out some of my old comics from the 90s, like, uh, which was, uh, funny enough, called Stranger Things, uh, which I did back in 96. And as I was flipping through it, I'm like, ooh, there's some really rough storytelling in here. There's like, the kid was trying to do interesting stuff, but you could tell he was trying to do interesting stuff. He wasn't doing inter- interesting stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so Yeah, well, as, um, yeah, right. My, one of my metaphors for this and in, in, in experiences I have firsthand, so it's a lens, is, is uh, playing guitar. And so, yeah, I mean, you learning learning a technique that is satisfying can can involve like, well, I'm going to bring this technique up a lot, and, and just going to it's going to show up because I'm excited and and yeah. yeah. And and yeah, you don't know how to like organically integrate it into anything yet. Right where there are there are moments when. Um, that technique is the completely natural thing to do. Even in like some really amplified extreme form, it fits. And so it somehow is reinforcing and in harmony with the rest of the expression. And it, it sort of adds to the, to the work. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, it's fun to see that. It's, it's been, uh, and I haven't had a chance to actually like reflect and report on this at all while I've been doing this comic. So like for those who don't know, I've been doing, uh, for Inktober, I'm doing a page a day. I'm making a page a day of a new Boulder and Fleet story. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I belt and suspended it by writing it and thumbnailing it all last month, mm-hmm. right? So in September, 
I wrote the whole story, and then I, I've been printing out the thumbnails on Blue Line on Bristol, and then I just ink on top of the thumbnails. So I'm not really doing a whole lot of cleaning up the art. So that's what's making this more manageable, so I can actually fit a page of inks into every day, which is it's one of those things where it's like, and I, I know this gets passed around in like um, tech and venture capitalist worlds, is like you try to see what breaks, right? Like you take away something, and see how much you can take away before something breaks to find mm -hmm. out what's the, the absolute minimum that you can do to ship a, a thing. And that's partly what this is about, too. Hmm. Is like, okay, can I ship something that's worth reading where I literally only spend an hour a day working on it, you know? That, uh, um, yeah, in, in, in those circles, it's called uh, deprivation testing. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. That's and, very descriptive. Uh, yeah, I think we chatted about the, with this off mic at one point, but like it's um yeah, so you you might have had this extra energy and exuberance or whatever when you initially drafted a thing, but then um or maybe even in like some form of it's already out, but then you you take away something to see what breaks or if or if people miss it if it's already in the world. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that is another part of it is um because once I finish it uh, some people ask, like, are you going to color it? I'm like, I kind of don't want to because I want to ship it as it is to the webcomics feed to see how the readers react to it. Because the last one, the last story was very polished. I spent a lot of time on those pages, comparatively speaking. Uh, what would happen if I shipped a pure black and white one that I did an hour at a time? Would anybody, would the readership decline? Would people, you know, That's a common trade-off for volume, right? Yeah. To get the volume of work, um, this has been a a model for decades with manga, right? For sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's it, I'm I'm grateful that I took so long to pick my battle on this because, like, uh, mm. I was really trying to figure out if the next Boulder and Fleet story was going to be the graphic novel I want to do about them, or was going to be the next story I originally intended on telling. Uh, hmm. and then Inktober came along as I was still wrestling with it. And I was like, Oh gosh, I could do this for Inktober. And then I could do that <laughs> short story and I don't have to do the graphic novel. And then I've got, I've got 24 weeks worth of content to serialize on the website while I write the next story, you know? Uh, it's so. pretty great. Yeah. I mean, a good, good use of the, of, of, uh, of Inktober. Um, a couple other, um, like a uh, couple other thoughts as far as doing that kind of product development it's um it's a little bit like well up like we've mentioned like minimum viable product so what what what's the you know what can i do to meet this need really meet the need but like make sure i'm not overdoing it and then see what i learn yeah. from from there um to expand upon it and uh right right and and when I did the first story, I was operating on a bunch of assumptions that I made about my audience, right? And now it's time to test some of those assumptions and see if I was wrong, right? Uh, some people say about webcomics, like, well, it's got to be in color. People expect color nowadays. Do they? Let's find out. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the current webcomics mythology is, but, I mean, there, yeah. were, there were dominant patterns, but pff, I don't think there was a whole lot to those. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. I mean, in, a lot of time I feel like people are operating out of assumptions based on their own opinions. Uh, I agree. And also some, some folks are, re are reverse engineering things they've done that they found successful, but they don't necessarily know 
if they would be successful without those things, right? And Nicely said. that's um, still useful to learn from. I, I mean, if as you, I, I, th- I feel, let's see. So I participated in that model for a good four years, right? And um, that was, uh, I, l- I learned a ton, but I also learned that, um, that there's, there's more to it. <laughs> And there's a heck of a lot more nuances and, um, and pretty much everyone ends up finding their own way to serve their particular audience. Right. And it's this active connection, negotiation service thing that, uh, emerges. So then, yeah. I'm also reminded of, and I can't remember if this is something I was reading in some Buddhist books or, uh, something I was hearing on a podcast now because my life has been a blur this past month. Uh, this whole idea of, it might even be something you said, Rob. Uh, we sometimes can fall into thinking that we know what what our value is in the world. This is what I provide. This is This is what my strength is. This is the defining characteristic of the service I provide. That isn't necessarily what an audience is seeing right? Uh, the value you think you have, that needs to be tested as well. So when I'm doing Boulder and Fleet, people ask me, what's it about? I'm like, well, it's, it's because I like drawing cute things, being really brave. I'm defining what I see as the value, right? Mm. I love seeing cute things, being brave. I like exploring the, the idea of pacifism through an action adventure story. Uh, is that what other people are getting out of it? You know, and we've heard this a hundred times. You know, it's like people listen to a song and everybody gets their own thing out of the song. And then some some artists want to tell you what it was about. Some artists don't want to tell you what it's about because they want everybody to have their own interaction and relationship with the material. Mm. Uh, is the value in Boulder Fleet that it's the illustration is of such a quality, or is it that it's the character humor? You know, let's pull things away to see how people interact with it. That was part of the rationale. Mm. <clears throat> that's cool. I, I can't wait to, you know, see, see how it goes. And from what I'm seeing from seeing it behind the scenes is, or being a, being a patron of it, which, uh, anyone can be a patron of it. If you go to, um, patreon.com slash Jersey. And, uh, by the way, thank you for all the kind shout outs during the lean and tart cast that I was not present for. Dude. <laughs> what? <clears throat> I, I, uh, I'm, you know what? I, I, I love your gratitude and of course, and your, you know. Yeah. But you know, it's like, it's like, you, we, we, here's, I'm going to, sh- my, my, my petty, petty code is going to show now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is like when you, when you take a break from something that you are deeply involved with, you always want to know that you're missed. <laughs> Oh, dude. So, like, I was listening to it, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. They mentioned me. I hope they mentioned me again. (laughs) (laughs) And then you did. Of course. (laughs) No, it was, um, you know, honestly, I I would say I had the same thought, especially, yeah, the the recent one. Oh, gosh, you had... uh, Greg and Chris. Oh, yeah, you, you had Greg and Chris, and then... Yeah, I, I was, yeah. And, and so, of course, you know, listening to learn what, um, 
if if uh, if I missed in my own band, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's 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 not subhuman of me. Uh, well, whatever, subhuman fist bump because I'm right there with you, <laughs> and uh, no, it, no, it's it's cool and and uh, it was very natural and a lot of fun, and. And in in fitting, so yeah. So we're talking about the um, what was it episode one sixty four of the Lean Into Art Cast, where I co-hosted with uh, Kate Shield Stenzinger. Um, yeah, and we. What's the what's the particular hook on the topic? It was such an interesting. It was how we learn. Yeah, I mean exactly. It's so. <clears throat> It's almost like what conditions lead to us learning and what might impede us and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a pretty squishy topic, which it, uh, yeah, felt like a but, good exploration, but. Uh, back me up, leaners. Uh, Kate was pretty awesome on the episode, and I really feel like she needs to do more shows because, uh, mm. A, it's fun to listen to her corner you, but B, also she's just, she's. I love her method of exploring an idea, uh, and she's got a great voice. She just has a really nice voice for mm. radio. No, that's that's cool. Um, she's yeah, she's had experience behind the mic, and uh, that's fun and right. I mean, it's right. I enjoy making stuff with her, so who knows. That uh, that will be cool to uh, to do more, and I mean she is slowly building up to be one of our, um, you know high high scoring guests, right? I mean, she's at four now, four episodes. Oh. So, is she tied with Ryan Estrada then? Uh she I think Ryan might have her beat by one, but yeah. Well, if she decides to do the. We should have her on that episode. No, you guys can't pull. I can't keep asking you to pull yourselves away from your family like this every time we do a show. <laughs> At me, this point like, oh. in our lives, it's past the our past the bedtime for for the little ones. So uh, it uh, overall works out, and luck has been on our side. <laughs> let's not push that. Uh, so, are you ready for art sound off? Art sound off. Yeah. Um, Am I ready to to do a creative challenge like one day after I finish another creative challenge? Yeah. <laughs> it's um I, I've taken a couple of moments to do some thinking about like what do I want to cover? Like uh wearing that hat of the the self-interview of there are questions that I haven't taken enough time to examine. I'm curious about I want to examine them. There are things that I've done that I've not uh, shared as well as I would like. So let me get the list of, you know, of those two different things more mostly. And uh, yeah, so I don't have a list of 30 of those things, but, you know, maybe a few. So that'll help. <laughs> Plus, we do have at artsoundoff.com prompts for for folks who um, who just want to do this as an experiment. So Art Sound Off is this art challenge that Jersey and I started a, a couple of years ago. This is the third year. 
where essentially you record some kind of reflective journal thing that um, is about what do you make or how do you make it and why do you make it, what have you, and then you share it. It's it's a, literally like a, a reflective art cast thing. But then where wherever you share it, uh, ideally do link to it on Twitter with the hashtag art sound off. And then we can all sort of see the activity and join in and listen. Simple as that. Uh, we need to check if audio boom is still a thing. It is, and it's audio boo. B-O-O-M? Is it boom? No, it's boom. It's It, it went from boo to boom. It was boo, and then it became boom. Yes. So, yep, uh, yep. I, I've got my software all set up on my phone so I can easily do this. Um, but now I, yeah, I just got to do the thinky part of like organizing my thoughts and like really thinking about what I plan to accomplish with it. Ah, so how do you feel about this? Uh, apprehensive because I want, after doing this Inktober thing with Boulder and Fleet and feeling like I've, I hacked the game so that I'm getting maximum value out of it. Mm. I want to do that again. (laughs) I want to hack the games so that like, how can I get double duty out of this thing? But I don't know if I can. It might just be something where it's like, this is as simple as straightforward practice. This is me just checking in to uh, do some much needed careful reflection and making myself accountable to a group of people to do it. Yeah, it's tough because ways where you can double benefit from art sound off it's it really depends on how you treat what you generate for art, art sound off right. meaning where if you do some some reflective analytical check-ins you are generating a lot of you know potential um data that could have patterns to that emerge that may lead to greater insights or um, you know, something beyond the moment that it's like, oh my gosh, I had this theme this whole month of like the next thing I want to make or whatever could come out of it. But it takes this, um, you could do it as you go, but there's a, there's a, you got to generate the data to be able to look at it, to reflect on it. The, the it, it, You can't just look at it and reflect while you're generating necessarily it, it, it's like a, as a collective each individual episode yeah that's what you're doing you're um but then you, you collect some number of these maybe 30 it adds up to something to get the greatest benefit i think it there's likely the well what did that all add up to examination gotcha whereas what do you think? well i mean if i was looking at to to turn it into something else when I was done, then that would require some kind of pre-planning, I think, which could be in the form of some kind of outline, uh, maybe a collection of, inf- of, of generated content that I seed throughout episodes, right? So I, I do reflection and journaling, but I also bury in some other piece of content that adds up to another thing when it's all done. I don't know. I'm, I'm being kind of abstract here, but... I, intentionally because I'm spitballing. Uh, Some natural things you could make, you could, you could essentially set yourself up with a selection of interview questions that add up to essentially uh, an audiobook, Right. Right. 
right. on a topic or there you go. selection of topics. It's um, or you could set yourself up with improvising prompts where you're generating your own, you know, audio stream drama thing. Right. But like, yeah. I mean, that's a piece of content. Is it the same as the, the whole, you know, initial art sound off thing? No, but that's fine. Right. Right. See, that's, yeah, I've just, I've just talked myself out of hacking the game. <laughs> If you tilt up a pinball machine too hard, the yeah. ball just falls into the hole. That's true. Yeah. It's funny. Is actually um, um, there's one other thing, and I have no idea. Like I'm still recording. Okay. Then I don't have to. You know, we don't have to keep this. But uh, um, and now it's going to be you know super stale and and uh, wooden based on disclaimer uh, paralysis but um there was something i noticed that um i learned a hard lesson a few years back when i was playing um i was playing a video game in kind of a family situation and there was someone who was way better than me at the video game but they were kind of like merciless about it i tried to turn it into teachable moments and it didn't work out so well right but i was like that left that left a that left us um a memory where I'm like, I, I don't wish to relate to competition or challenge in, in, in like that. And how could I, how could that have changed? Right. Where, um, I think if you, if you're in a game and you're playing and you have, um, and you notice that maybe others aren't noticing the things that you're noticing and you want to actually have the game be interesting, it's important to start to share what you're, what you know. And I, I have a certain, like for me, I, I, I like, I like to lean on this and imbi- this bias that, that feels like a really nice safe umbrella. Um, that is that I like to think that other people know what I know, you know, where, or other people could know what I know. Like I don't, I don't possess some unique territory of insight on, on a thing that, that leads me to be the, the, the king of this insight mountain. Right. It's like, no, anyone, this is open and approachable. Even with that in mind, stuff doesn't always work out that way. You could be playing, um, a game of like Scrabble or words with friends or whatever. And notice that, uh, there's just a lot of things that maybe you've added to your repertoire that other folks aren't, aren't employing. Right. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Does this, does this remind you of anything? It's like, uh, so imagine fleet is playing someone that, uh, she's pals with. Maybe she's playing Boulder. Right. Uh And in playing in, in, uh, in five stone, and she's just just kicking butt over and over. Uh-huh. Um, selfishly, she's not going to get any better. Right. And not selfishly, it's like, well, what is this? What does that lead to? Like, what what does this activity mean? If it's, you know, for all the participants, if it's essentially just, um, you know, fleet just without 
question or examination or discussion is just uh, racking up points. Right. Well, and that's that. That was actually baked into the page I just dropped today, which was uh, the Burke the chicken is like blowing on his fingertips, and he's like, "Hey, you like that? You like that little bird?" You know. And Fleet says, "Is that a psych out, or are you, or is that a plea for validation?" You know. <laughs> I love that. And that's... it's like, yeah, I think about all the bullies I've ever known, and the people who want to be like King of Nerd Mountain. Uh, it's always been some kind of combination of both, right? Mm, sure, it, it is validation that, like, yep, I'm unassailable. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm I'm protected from from critique or from uh, recontextualizing or reevaluation or, in other words, learning. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm safe from having to do that stuff again. I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't have to think about it anymore. I've known a lot of people who like to use that. Uh, mm. What? Oh, I, wow, I don't know. I, I, that is a phrase that is alien, alien enough to my day-to-day experience that I react to it <laughs> yeah with a little bit of a, like a, a mind ouch where i'm like <laughs> what ow hmm yeah yeah it's almost like somebody throwing up on their plate a little bit <laughs> yeah um so you don't have to think about it anymore that um okay so now i'm debating myself something i like to do so what that could mean is that someone is just really they, they feel comfortable and are super uh relaxed or it could be that they've systematized something to the point where they've offloaded tedious thinking. They don't have to think about that anymore. Now they can attend their thinking to something that's a more interesting problem. That I get. That I, I think is super cool. Now, if that person is in, in a situation where, um, well, they want to see their um, competitors as collaborators, right? There may be that... that they want to believe that everyone can get, can get better at this thing. And they're not, this isn't just, this isn't a mountain. This is a, you know, a, an even gathering place. So why not then um, take a step back and, and probably find a way to, you know, yeah, maybe it hasn't been examined in a long time, but chances are you can just observe what you're doing and then, then start sharing it and saying like, well, yeah, I've got these few heuristics that, I make sure that um, I, you know, fleets thinking like, well, I grab this many stones when I, when I'm noticing this. Right. And then, you know, I, of course I'm observing the playing field and the uneven space. And I know that this could ricochet maybe um, any, and so starting to unbox and share, and then hopefully um, that has a chance to even out that prior, you know, uneven space. Yeah. I, I, I played street fighter two against people who are really good at you know the the combos and they would just mercilessly trash or trounce anybody who played against them now remember this is a cabinet so we were putting quarters in Mm -hmm. my my attempts cost me money this wasn't playing on like a console at home Mm. and you'd get in there and he would just like mop the floor with you in like three seconds and then he would laugh really fiercely right (laughs) He was just—he just enjoyed it so much. Oh. He enjoyed like just quickly disp- dispatching his enemies, uh, and I remember feeling like, "Well, 
because I, I don't think I would have had the language to articulate it as a 17 year old, but I, I was thinking like, you know, I thought we were supposed to be having fun here. And to me, fun would be you helping me level up so that I can mm. be a better opponent to provide you with a better challenge. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. At the very least, giving me a minute on my quarter. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. The, the cost is, is, uh, is helping them feel good. It just adds to their, yeah. you know, they just, you, you contributed a, a, a quarter to the, to their, you know, King of quarter Hill. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's tricky. I mean, it's like, sometimes I want to, invite that person to the table and say like, okay, let's have a discussion. And then other times it's like, you know, I think that there's enough, there's, there's enough wrong here that I don't think I can help you. Uh, yeah. And so you just, yeah, I can find a way to move on. And, yeah. uh, you, which is hard where the, that was really, that, that could, that's intense. Like there is so much, it's like a little, um, conflict machine where literally like these street fighter, um, I've done calculations as far as like, based on what I've heard, like how people, it, it had this huge effect in arcades and it was a, it was a big, a pretty big cultural thing, not as big as Pac-Man, but like monetarily it did really well. And you could essentially pay your mortgage if you had a street fighter, a busy, a, a street fighter machine, you know, in a decent place. Yeah. And, um, that for a what it felt like in person if it, it was awkward because i don't want to go pick fights with strangers but i do enjoy this this little um you know imaginary clash right and so when i would encounter the, the king of quarter mountain like my attempt and this you know just sharing this because why not i would try to find their i don't know sense of Mm. honestly I would try to <laughs> exploit the idea that we can matter to each other where I would essentially um, gauge their skill the first round and probably lose right but then really compliment them and be like wow like and and so I noticed what you did and that was really cool that's that's pretty awesome and then second round i would try harder but then i would compliment them a lot more and be like wow you whew, that was lucky and third round no mercy <laughs> doesn't always work you sob 